I'm not saying I would lick the sweat off Chris Hemsworth. No. Huh? We don't um, do that to white men. <laughs> Where's the where is the water bottle? My favorite movie I've seen recently is the biggest piece of propaganda to enter cinema in years. I didn't even realize I knew that many Mario songs. I was like, am I Mario? <laughs> your go-to podcast for all things media, culture, and politics. We're your hosts, April, Keisha, Tora Shea, and I'm Meha. This week, we're talking about Doja's DMs, Thor Love and Thunder, and much more. But first, what have you guys been up to this week? Okay, so I, after last week's episode, I listened back to the podcast, and I took Tora's advice to heart, and I gave the third season of The Boys a shot. It's still not necessarily for me, but I get what they were doing there. So I did enjoy it. I especially enjoyed the fact that they added all the scenes with Noir and his little animated characters talking to him. I really appreciated that. But yeah, I still prefer Invincible over this. I have to stay by that. And then beyond that, we've officially passed the halfway point of the year, July 2nd. And I was just reflecting on all the shit we've done this year. And we have girl boss quite a bit, y'all. The amount of red carpets we've done, the interviews we've done, the articles we've published. We're tired. <laughs> it's been a lot. I haven't watched The Boys. So speaking of The Boys, I actually haven't watched The Boys. So I started The Boys this week because I was like very much avoiding it because I like my superheroes to be like good and pure. I like the justice trick in the American way. Okay, like... Not the American way. <laughs> The Superman situation. I, I just I don't think you've been watching. Uh, I don't think you've been watching them. I like superheroes that make me feel. Not you buying like, into the propaganda. Okay. <laughs> I like superheroes that make me America. feel like I feel some type of way when like I'm confronted the, with the reality that if Superman actually existed, mm. he'd be far more like Homelander than he would be with Clark Kent. On so, the escapism. Yeah, that's why I avoided it for so long, but I decided mm-hmm. to give it a try. I'm still in season one. So far, I don't hate it as much as I expected to. So we'll see. <laughs> Not I'll hate it. Okay, fair. <laughs> you know what? For me, part of it is the escapism thing of sometimes I want to tune out. I don't need to be, I don't need a daily reminder of the world is ass. Because, yeah. and this might tell y'all a lot about my personality, but you can't do shit about it because I already have a mental health diagnosis. So I'm just going to go to Arkham Asylum. If it was me in season three, and that little boy walked up talking about daddy with Homelander, I would have been like, you know what? Kill them both. Kill them both. I don't care about that child. Fuck him. I think what another thing I like about the boys the is, like, <laughs> is they're constantly ma- making fun of certain things. If you follow their Twitter feed, they made fun of whatchamacallit, re-releasing. Or be it. Yeah, more. Yeah. They have these fake movies that they uh will put their superheroes in and they'll mm-hmm. tweet about them and like oh due to demand we're gonna re-release this already released version they'll do stupid things like that they understand the whole thing is a fuck you to corporate america understanding that the superheroes are supposed to represent the police state there's a character mm-hmm. who literally is only policing in black areas yeah blue and, Hawk. yeah and when he has to make an apology it's still like fuck you <laughs> yeah he's at one point he literally starts two lives matter like what? yeah <laughs> 
the thing that I really enjoyed was their little theme parks moment where it's, what was it? BLM, BLT, woke walk. It's so <laughs> obvious. It's yeah. so heavy handed. And I really appreciate that. And also, because yeah. we're talking about their social media, we got to give flowers because that's actually my bestie, Kayla Marie, who does socials for Prime Video. It's literally, there's Mars. Tora and Kayla, the three of y'all are truly social media mavens. I have never seen anyone who does social media like the three of you. So I just want to give Kayla her flowers. She is Kayla's brilliant. Kayla's amazing. We used to work together at BGN. Yeah. We used to slave together at BGN. <laughs> Listen. Swing low. Allegedly, because again, lost to money. Listen, oh, she she moving on before I'm you sorry. get me in trouble. Okay, Mayha, what with have you been up to? She she gonna have to come up with what you call it money first, <laughs> fan, super fan con money first. <laughs> Mayha, what have you been up to this week? I have also been looking for escapism because I've been not feeling so great this week. So I rewatched a movie which Keisha, I know you'll have seen called Chuck the India, which is oh, that's a fucking classic, Your Honor. Of course, it's a classic. And I've always said this, if there's one thing Bollywood makes that always slaps, it's sports movies. They all go back to the most deep, insane Indian patriotism you've ever seen. But I have to hand it to them. It works in the context of these movies. When you see the underdogs and they're beating the Australian team, their scrappy little last minute point, and then the flag goes up and the national anthem starts and everyone's crying. It's a great moment. It's very like switch off, ignore real world politics and just vibe in there for a while. It yeah. puts me in that little Jehan sort of mood. It always oh, yeah, does. Absolutely. I am there. I'm saluting. I am I am waving the flag. It's yeah. It's a vibe. So yeah. that is what I was doing. It's like three hours long. So it's a big girl boss moment, which I'm always here also, for. Also, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie. It's, I believe it's on Netflix. It's on, remember, no, it's on Amazon Prime Video. Okay, Amazon Prime. So again, Kayla, girl, boosted. I know Kayla loves Bollywood too. You, do y'all remember that like end game girl boss moment where all of the women in the movie come together and she's like, oh, she's not alone. Okay, imagine that, but executed properly. Because in Chakta, India, they have this scene where they're very defeated. They're sitting in a McDonald's. Also, oh. Indian McDonald's is next level. Oh, That's the ministry for another time. Um, it's such a good scene because one of these guys comes and cat calls one of them. And then all of a sudden, they're just beating every man's ass in that McDonald's with hockey sticks. Every man's getting it. And their coaches are like, should we interfere? And he's like, no, no, no let them handle it. They're, they're finally working together as a team, beating these men's asses. And it's so fucking good. Now I'm going to watch it again when we finish the podcast. Oh, absolutely. But 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's incredibly cathartic. That's a great um, movie. Very rousing. Yes. But what about y'all? April, Tora, what have you been up to this week? I already told you, I've been watching uh, The Boy. <laughs> okay, but like, yeah, that was my tangent. I want to know more. <laughs> Give me more. We barely check in. Not the amount really. of work we're doing. Um, so i have also been watching the boys and arguing with trump supporters online who weirdly identify with soldier boy and homelander is that weird though that no it's that's not what they were supposed to get out of it (laughs) i mean they're making fun of you (laughs) it's like people who watch fight club and are like (laughs) or people who watch lolita and get are like that's my favorite thing i was like that's the (laughs) I saw some meme where it was like a meme from Euphoria and it's Trump supporters watching the boys. Is this play about us? <laughs> but I've also been rewatching Miss Marvel and looking at the parallels between that and this is going to be weird. It's going to 
follow me on this Russian doll. So no, I see it. I see the parallels. You okay. are one hundred percent right. Yes. Okay, so there is the imagery of the train and the generational calling forth of our mothers and our grandmothers. So the generational trauma that's passed down and the story and the history that's passed down that parallels as well in Russian Doll. I love the way both of them tell this story. So I sat and rewatched both because I love it. I love the way both stories are told. (laughs) And also the Jungian theory of what trains represent in our minds, just sitting with that and watching both of those stories unfold and just loving the first story being shared within both of those. Yeah. I think because I honestly, I really like the use of trains, especially in Miss Marvel. And I was the one doing our live tweet this week and I really enjoyed it. I'm very excited. I'm very hyped to do the live tweet for the finale next week. So essentially the trains across South Asia were set up by the British to transport their own resources that were pillaged. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we discuss colonialism in South Asia, people who are pro-colonialism will be like, they gave you infrastructure, didn't they? I was like, but Bestie. What do you mean by that? I was like, first of all, what do you mean by that? Secondly, secondly, (laughs) I need y'all to understand those trains weren't like, oh, a hop, like baby, this wasn't your, this wasn't via rail. This wasn't Amtrak. This was what, this wasn't your air conditioned Shatabdi. This was literally, we are about to get killed by mobs if we do not board this train. That was literally what they were called. They were called ghost trains because these motherfuckers would leave the station and arrive set on fire. It was rough. And doing that live tweet, even though I had seen the episode beforehand to prepare myself, I got emotional on a new level because I was like, is this what my grandparents went through when they were fleeing Multan? It fucked me up. And I had chills watching that and thinking about that because it very much paralleled the story that was outlined in Russian Doll with The Cougarans, her entire family's history and their belongings being stolen, fleeing on the train as well, because that that very much happened to a lot of Jewish people. So it listen, colonialism and anti-Semitism and all of that just (laughs) just white supremacist violence. White supremacy is some shit, and when you really dig into history, the parts that have been hidden. It is some shit. And the stuff that has been stripped from people has been taken from families. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's that, truly yeah, that's, wild. That's and we just spent my week doing. <laughs> I like how we started this episode off with we want escapism. And then we're like, <laughs> and then the show about a brown girl from Jersey made us all cry because colonialism. <laughs> we really can't escape. Goddamn. When will we be free? Never. Even in fictional worlds. Never mind. When you're black. <laughs> it's like that meme. When you're a person of color, you can never watch media non-critically because every fucking thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Sometimes I just <clears throat> want to be able. Because, okay, I think it was Ryan Kinnex that made this funny video about basically after it. The joke is basically like after going to watch something that you have to see because you're black and like it was 
important. (laughs) (laughs) But was it good? It was necessary. (laughs) You and I, and that's something to sit with. Like, I'm exhausted. I don't want to have to go see another. This is what I was saying. My favorite movie I've seen recently is the biggest piece of propaganda to enter cinema in years. It was Top Gun Maverick. I haven't felt true joy since I was in that cinema. Give the U.S. military four million more dollars. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) We can't say that. Please. (laughs) Our brand. Sometimes you just want a Gobs Burgers movie. (laughs) Great time, by the way. So much music. Listen, I'm not saying the spirit of tomato, but Miles Teller looking all sweaty. I wouldn't lie. It was joy. It was joy. That beach scene did more for my mental health. April just looked at me sideways and I accept. I accept. Okay. White men are not. Listen. I'm not supposed to last after My will is strong, but my spirit is weak. <laughs> not that. You're calling it your spirit. After this many broken backs, there's only so much I can do. Okay. Moving on. Honestly, every time we have these sort of conversations, I just think of who tweeted it. I think it was Queer Socialism on Twitter. He said, I wish I lacked critical thinking skills. Y'all seem so happy. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? They do. I can't relate. I haven't known happiness since I gained sentience. God, that killed the (laughs) mood. You know what? Reject modernity. I want I want to be a fish again. You remember Alex never come Mack, up. the secret world of Alex yes. Mack, yes. when she could turn into a puddle? Yes. They seemed so nice. My God. <laughs> she could turn into Capri Sun, y'all. I want to turn into Capri Sun sometimes. You want it to just, be her so bad. Just go hide and be a puddle of Capri Sun. Not me. Y'all remember being the age where you missed the political criticisms in shows like The Simpsons and shit? No, I had I was like two. real early. Mama, oh, like two before the world got now it's just us in a world of real mess just de- and it's not even a fictional mess we have to deal with grown adults sliding into children's dms trying to play matchmaker oh yeah <laughs> i think doja is doja let's mm-hmm. start there but i also think that there's a huge overreaction happening was what she did weird as fuck when she could have just dm she has a publicist she could have just been like hey give me that nigga number or she could have why is she being so weird it's even very mm-hmm. much even a, it's very <laughs> much like that weird dude that's like hey tell your friend i'm trying to talk to her when she could have just DM'd that nigga herself because that, it's a show. His name is in the credits. <laughs> you can just look up his also, name you got a and blue his check. Instagram comes up. But what even if doing? his name wasn't, Why even if his name wasn't in the credits, she literally, like you said, could have contacted his publicist. But on the flip side... Her, that's what I'm saying. She could have yeah, told her, publicist her publicist to contact his publicist. Be weird- oh, you know, she could have done also, that. That, it didn't even need to go that far. Do y'all remember when Lizzo and Chris Evans were just flirting on the timeline? And then Lizzo and Harry. We need to take a page from Lizzo's book. If you want to get some, just tell the universe you want some. Or be like these rappers. Be like JT. Drop a verse about that nigga. That's how she got Uzi. I just don't know if I agree with people calling her a pedophile. That's my heart. Ah, okay. That's too much. That's my heart. That is way too much. 
But I'm not what I will say, <laughs> what I will say is this. What I will say is this. I do think that she thought that because she's Doja Cat and she's hot, that sliding into his DMs, he was going to be like, "Oh my God, it's Doja Cat." Of course, I'm gonna like. She thought that that is what was going she to happen. That he's seventeen. No, like he's a child. I think, oh, I think that him being seventeen is what she took into account. She was like, he's gonna be like young and like, oh my god, impressed and shit. He's yeah, probably impressed, and he probably has a crush on me. Of course, he's gonna give me you. Like she took that into account, but she didn't take into account that seventeen-year-olds are like. Oh my god, bro, check this out. She forgot that part. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. She forgot oh, that, yeah. Yeah. that 17 yeah. year olds don't have impulse control. Yes, he's a famous 17 year old, but he's still a teenager and yeah. they don't have the ability to be low key. They have an ability. Oh, she like- think it was him controlling his account. <laughs> she was like, oh my god, I thought this was your publicist. <laughs> And then she took it way too far with the yeah. The when she was like, "It's snake behavior," I was like, "Babe, like, that's a child." He's a child. <laughs> it's even white mama. Like, what's she doing? Yeah, I don't blame her for being embarrassed, but I think it's one of those things where if you just like pretend they're not famous and you look at the facts, it's like, would you ask a high school boy like, "Yo, with their adult?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, that's giving, thing I was like, it's giving. Hook me up your dad single. <laughs> Yeah, like at that point, just just like, take it. You know what? It was Miss Carter. I'm about to knock the dust off that pussy. What'd you say, honey? Nothing. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, baby. Okay. First of all, you DM them. I Ms. I operate under the I'm assumption. Ready the tour. I'm ready for the rest of the tour. Oh my god. Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I operate under the assumption that all my social media shit can be leaked at a moment's notice. Yeah, I'm always ready to delete. What do you mean? It's always <laughs> we're ready to go. Listen, some so, you know what? Some people, they forget the Internet is the Internet. Because people will post some shit. And I was like, this is it. You didn't think the entire world would see this? She did know the entire world would see it. She was hoping she was depending on it. She was depending on the whole world seeing her interaction. She knows who she is. She knows how to work her stuff. Like maybe she was hoping for another brand deal because when she had that thing with Taco Bell, that wound up with a brand deal. Like, yeah, the whole like Taco Bell Taco pizza bullshit. Yeah. Make me try a Mexican pizza. That's what I'm saying. So maybe she was trying to wrap some type of brand deal in there. I don't know. And with she just who? forgot. Carter's children? I don't I understand. You know what? Oh, baby gap. She was, you know, watch her come up with a Express VPN. Be like, so your DMs were leaked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to get. Oh, she's trying. To, what's that? She's trying to get a brand deal with Axe Spray. Axe <laughs> Body Spray. No, it really even counts as a leak, though. It's just screenshots because she willingly contacted this child with this, which yeah, I don't think it's like criminal behavior. I think people are overreacting, but like, yeah. come on, yeah, it's just, boy. It's weird that you did it, but that's about it. It's just weird that you felt the need. I think she that's was about thinking, it. I think she was hoping on people like counting on people being like, "Oh, it's Doja and Doja's weird." That's just who she is. But we stepped a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's Miss in the chat. Yeah, people have okay. I think that people had downgraded her from weird to quirky because they <laughs> liked her music, or like black people no, started I agree. being like. Y'all know how Doja is. Like, they stopped being like, Doja's so weird. They were like, I know that's just Doja. 
Like, yeah. And now it's back to, oh my God, this bitch. <laughs> yeah, it crossed that line. I think it's my like the more. I burned too many bridges. <laughs> Listen, I don't know about Doja, but like, she needs to check her nuzzle, okay? If, we've, if I've learned anything this year, it's don't burn bridges because that shit comes back to you so fast. Unless there's a troll on the other side. But yeah, I think that like it's being a, it's being blown out of proportion quite a bit. It's still weird that she DM'd a child, but it's Doja be it's Doja being Doja, which is not an excuse as much as it is a begrudging explanation. You know what it is? It gives me a very chronically online behavior. I feel like in her head, it's very, let me hit up my mutual. And then it's one of those things where if you ever take a step back from being online, then you're like, this isn't like your Twitter fandom days. This is a 17-year-old boy that you contacted and then he acted exactly as a 17-year-old boy would. Listen, I technically have access to Avin Jogi, but you don't see the temptation (laughs) is there. to just be like, hey, yo, what's the address? Let me send a wrist up. But... I know better, Speaking so of being I do better. Weird on Instagram, did y'all see Tyrese crying? In I need it. <laughs> I, I can change him. I can change him. Don't do it. Like I can change him. Excuse me. I can you can it. change what he is. He is me. <laughs> I love him so much. Fifty-six years old. How long you gonna be doing it? <laughs> Did you not see? What are you gonna change? Listen, okay, he can sing. That's he can sing. I don't know about the acting. If we could just move him back into the music, the booth, we could get it together. No. Oh but my god! Me is this the second time he's done something like this? I think it's the third or fourth. The second time. <laughs> no, all of his Instagram posts are him being ridiculous. Fill me in on on what he did because I'm missing the context so on this. He, has, he had like a 20 year old girlfriend, you know, let's call her a girl toy. And I guess he was no, ready it was to serious. He was well, posting was videos for him. of their mutual toilet saying they don't want us to be in a love like this. And then and then he videoed them taking a mutual pee together <laughs> because. Why do we have to be involved? Why do we need to see this? We need to understand the depth of their love, okay? (laughs) So then, then he proposed, or he must have mentioned marriage or whatnot. His little love. I have to read it. I have to read it to y'all. It's a whole like. Stop trying to convince me that your daughter is not a snake. I just want to be released from this strong, devilish allure, the sexual seduction of a masterful manipulator who knows how to convince everyone that she's not mean of there to kill you. Please, (laughs) God, release me from your poison. Release me from your stronghold. Release me. I belong to the kingdom. I have so much more work to do. I am single now. And I want everyone to DM. Have fun with at Zell Timothy. She's verified now. And I wasn't ready to be married. She still wanted to go big. Zane, live her best life. I want to get married and settle down and really nest and embrace the comforts of this family and married life. I smoke hookah at home every day. So I don't want to be in your clubs or around your woman. I want to stay home and be the hardworking family man that I am. All of this is because she obviously wasn't ready to settle down. And he just had a breakdown. He is 20. <laughs> he had a breakdown. 
But no, like this is a whole this is a whole moment though. This keeps happening to these men, and I'm trying to figure out why they don't. He see just got divorced movie. like two months ago. How, how how long ago was it that he was crying on Instagram about his daughter in custody? <laughs> Listen. You know what it is? It's and we've had this conversation before in previous podcast episodes about Lori Harvey specifically. It yeah. is that women is don't want to be tied down. Crying at the basketball game. <laughs> women and femmes don't want to be tied down because finally, after decades of not being able to have a bank account and shit, they have financial security. They can get their own. They can take care of their own. And I mean, why the I fuck know should what they? MBJ expect, I don't know what MBJ expected from Marjorie's daughter. Let's he start there. a whole house for her. <laughs> you can tell she won't fit a living that's, there. That's Marjorie's it daughter. just like him <laughs> and she didn't get rid of her property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole we'll internet talking here. about her. Meanwhile, <laughs> she just on her account like... Y'all like oranges? I like oranges. I thought the chicken was lovely. (laughs) She is is my icon. She is my role model. When I tell you Lori is prime, like, yes. It's aspirational. Different. (laughs) Yeah, and I love it for her. What is so admirable about a lot of these young girls is that so many of these men that are, like, a lot of men with money, Mm -hmm. and the broke ones, too. And the Brooklyn's too. They think that they can do whatever they want to people and eventually settle down and and find a, a, a younger woman that will put up with their bullshit at an older age. And it's not happening anymore. Especially like, men with money, to be honest. Especially men with money. Because now they have financial security and they can't... And when these relationships don't work out with these women, they can't talk bad about them and they can't cut them off anymore and abuse them financially. Like that is why you see future and stuff so bitter. That's why you see so many of these men bitter after these breakups, because they used to be able to be like, get out of my house. Now you're broken, penniless. But no, there's nothing you can. Future is. You know what? Go ahead. It's from that. What was it like that Medea's family reunion or whatever? There was a funeral or some shit. What was that movie where she's talking about? Your, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your dad's always stepped out on me. I was just broken. had no option. So I came back. Yeah. And then when the dad dies, she's like, now nah, I got myself a young thing. I'm about to go to Vegas, live my I best life. I and I was like, I really watch Medea like that. Me and Tyler Perry got issues. Yeah. Now um, they don't have to wait for the men to die and the life or insurance. To them. Or to throw the good old days. <laughs> the good old days when they died or you could I, or you could finish them up in the neighborhood would be like, I don't know where he went. I also, you but, like you poison them by crushing gold. Glass into their food over a number of years. It's a control thing. It's that I should be able to do whatever I want. And then when I'm ready to settle down, you should just be ready with me. And these men just are not prepared. And I think that they're not prepared for it, even from women who are not in Lori Harvey's tax bracket, right? Because it's not just the Lori Harveys of the world who are saying, I don't have to marry you right now. I don't Mm -hmm. have to do this. It's everybody. We're all fed up. Yeah, because patriarchy teaches men that what they have to offer is financial security. In conversations with so many men, they will not be ready for marriage until they feel like what they have to offer is a level of stability. And a lot of times often 
when they reach that, when they look around and they're like, okay, I'm here, I'm at this point. The, the next person, person they wanted they is date, gone. The person they wanted is gone. So the next person that they meet and they are dating, that's, that's they the one. And then to add flavor to this, I was reading a, a like an article about this, but basically 100% on the head, they mm-hmm. want a specific person, but they don't feel like they're ready to take care of that person or they don't feel like they're ready to settle down with that person yet. So they break up with that person or they don't ever try to get with that person. And then years down the road, after they've sowed their seeds or oats or whatever, they got their financial readiness, blah, blah, blah. They marry this woman, but because she was never the one, they're still stepping out on the woman that they finally choose to marry. And then this negative, super toxic cycle just continues to repeat itself over and over again because men don't know how to break the rules of the patriarchy that they created for themselves. Beyond just that, I think they want to keep adapting the rules so that it mimics older cycles while also not having to uphold what was essentially the financial accountability part of this. Because if we're talking olden days, it was you brought the money home, you handed the check, she took care of the house. And then whatever oats you sold, second family you made, you figure that shit out, right? Now, and this is a well, thing that got me. I think they're frustrated because a lot of them are millennials like us, or so they're Excuse living me. in the same society. How dare? Or whatever. I'm a youth. <laughs> okay. These knees only but, creak a little. <laughs> millennials, Gen Z, but they're living in the same society. And so they're looking around like, even if they do make more than us, capitalism is failing them. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, so I'm not going to be able to provide. I can bring home bacon, but it's not going to be enough to feed both of us. And then, yeah. <laughs> it's a and flu. Then- They're not used to women holding them accountable for that whole I'm the provider situation because, okay, you're the provider, but you're not providing me enough for me to not be the only one taking care of the kids. Like, I don't have a nanny. I don't have a housekeeper. So you're not providing me enough to relieve me of all of the other jobs that come with being the woman of the house. And so then you're confused and you're conflicted when you come home and I'm not ready to give it up or be happy or be smiley and your home cooked food ain't ready 100% of the time, right? Like, and then comes the personal labor of unpacking what patriarchy taught them and learning to sit with but self they still and recognize. That yeah. Also, I think we I don't yeah. unpack it. we're getting into a very long tangent, but I think it's an important one because this is a tweet I made a while ago. A white woman stole that tweet and wrote for BuzzFeed. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and then I recently had to talk about it again on TikTok, which is the idea of the 50-50 divide in the household is still benefiting men overall. Because it's not equitable. People think equal is equitable. It's not. Because if there's generally, again, this is a general thing based on statistics. We have decades of information. Men generally make more because we're looking at women and friends being paid less. If they choose to have children, they have to take a step back from their professional life. They're less likely to be given promotions and things accordingly. So on that scale, men will make more. And now we're in a society where men are fighting and be like, why can't it be 50-50? Because it's not. If you're making 70,000 and your partner is making 40, why the fuck would you both be paying 1500 a month for household expenses? Let's talk about it because nobody ever wants to have the conversation of a true equitable divide. It pisses me off so much. If no, I'm making that, less money than you, if I'm only bringing in 30% of the household income, then I'm only paying 30% of the bills. Literally. Like, and the thing is, this, this, pisses, men, this pisses men off so much. Labor, let's get, I'm not, we haven't even have touched to labor. Get, We're just talking financial. Yeah. Because a lot of people were posing hypotheticals to me. What if the girl makes more money? I was like, first of all, in that video, I said 
equitable financial responsibilities, regardless of gender. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was explicit. I put captions. Let me know where I lost you. Let me know. But see, it's the idea that in their heads, they want to turn femininity or feminism into not having to take care of women the way that they have set up society to take care of women, right? Like you punish us for being women. And then when we don't make enough money, even if we're more educated, even if we have more experience, even if we are better at the job, that's our fault because, oh, you aren't trying hard enough or you're in the wrong position or whatever. And then it's literally every part of our society is built upon the idea that women deserve to be punished for being women. So mm. it's also the devaluation of like, household labor because a lot of these hypotheticals people were giving me were like if they if one person is paying less into it they should do more work i was like why we're talking about financial responsibility not household responsibilities also like, i could still also work like, at nine to five and just making yeah. less money than you also what if one person has a disability what if one person is doing something what Any girl what if that is making girl, what if your partner is allergic you. to household cleaner then what, what? your partner is allergic to cleaning literally what if your partner just doesn't want to clean that's what I just it'd be said. like that sometimes i don't that's listen what, I just said. <laughs> what if i like no, i know we're echoing even, what you said because you are right a valid I, reason i'm pretty and i'm exactly those things like, i am a princess <laughs> listen i'm You're supposed, supposed to come home with things for me and like i'm supposed to break a nail what are you talking about I was built to be the HOA lady. I was, I'm just here minding the community, the parks. It's August. Why weren't the daffodils planted? And then that's more, what I'm doing. How am I supposed to walk around in pretty things and heels if I'm scrubbing things? I'm supposed to. No, no, because you're supposed do to do hair. the scrubbing. You're supposed to do the scrubbing in your pretty things and heels. Only before <laughs> sex. <laughs> Listen, no, because we're getting. Not this real is a. Dirt. I'm just going. <laughs> I can have this conversation for 50 years. It's that latex made outfit with a feather duster. That's yeah. also a toy. That is the vibe. <laughs> that's the only time I should be in a cleaning getup. I'm like dusting your dick. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no. I saw a spot. You know what? Oh, okay. You know what? This is the perfect segue for Thor Love and Thunder because in Thor Love and Thunder, minor spoiler, Actually, you know what? It's, out, it's been out for a week. Y'all should have watched it by now. I no. have it, but keep going. <laughs> okay, basically, the movie does go into the drift that happened between Thor and Jane and why they split apart. And it's literally because of this sort of responsibilities outside the household causing this rift, and they never acknowledge it, so they just eventually stop speaking. Classic. Did we need a whole movie about it? No. This entire movie is pretty irrelevant, if I'm being honest. It's a cute summer watch. I got to see Tessa Thompson lick a knife, and I was like... Oh, but still completely irrelevant. And this entire movie, this movie was about what? (laughs) I'm really, I've been processing what you do. (laughs) Okay, this movie is essentially movie about hot white men or something. It's listen. I'm not saying I would lick the sweat off Chris Hemsworth. Huh? Where am I? Oh, we don't Um, do that. Where's the Where is the water bottle? (laughs) Where are your ancestors? Me and them are on the outs, okay? I just did a tarot pull. It it seems like it. (laughs) And nobody blocking these thoughts. (laughs) 
I mean, one I know one of my ancestors was honing it up with a white woman in France during the First World War. We got we, he got a second family. I know it's Mayha and I have talked about this before. He they're out there somewhere. Bonjour, familia. Wait, no, that's Italian. Never mind. But yeah, this entire movie is literally just about Thor finding himself. And I was like, again, that sounds nice. What the fuck were the first three movies about? Fucking again. <laughs> All he does is go find. Him. Oh, God, he right he yeah. He's been in a cave in a cage. <laughs> He on got one fish, two fish, black fish, blue fish. He was a dwarf star on a star at his mama house. Like, in his memories, <laughs> time travel. Like, I love my little rainbow warrior. I'm not about to hold y'all up, but he needs to, like, it's, this is the fourth movie at this point. I know. And they got a fifth one coming. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is, like, the entirety of this movie. Oh. And y'all know the way Taika directs. This man puts humor oh, where it's I'm not necessary. Shit. <laughs> I was excited about it because I actually do really like Thor and I love Tessa and I was very into the idea of Thorkery. And then I heard that wasn't a thing. It wasn't. So, no. It wasn't. I don't know what to make of that. Now what's happening is Disney's hit a 180 on the gay thing and they're going, all the marketing's been like, it's so gay. It wasn't that gay. So it's by like a really strong gust of wind, and that's just like really disappointing to me. It feels like a little bit of biphobia mixed with misogynoir. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling because I I know they committed or not committed, but we know from Valkyrie's first appearance that she definitely had a female love interest originally, and yeah. maybe they they just mentioned it vaguely too. Maybe they were just afraid to showcase her with a male love interest as well. The thing is, honestly, I would have preferred, I would have liked any sort the closest we get to Valkyrie having any sort of love, love interest is that her kissing a woman's hand, like just a little. None. The Baby, she didn't get none. The Y'all remember no? a couple years ago at San Diego Comic Con, they were like, the king needs to find her queen. And I was like, where the queen? Where is she? This entire, I deserve better than this. You do. We all do. Like when I walked out of that movie, I was like, "That was cute," but I also do not care about a single damn thing that happened. I also think that Thor getting back with Jane is regression, right? Or even just entertaining the idea of Jane is a form of regression. What is that? What is that? (laughs) What's happening there? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I have, I haven't a clue. You will have to watch to find out. Do you need to watch it right away? As I said in my TikTok, you go wait for Disney Plus, or you can watch it now. Either way, you're not missing much. I'll probably see it next weekend, but oh. can't relate. I haven't paid for a Marvel movie since they started coming I don't out. Pay for them. I just don't. I don't rush. To, it's either PR it's like, or someone else is footing the bill. I'm not paying for that. Unless it's anticipated. God, pretty I'm pretty. Privileged. I don't pay for things. See, didn't I just say that? Pretty privileged. Listen, as the world saw once upon a night in Fleet Nick, I throw neck like a giraffe. I don't need to pay for things. Giraffes are herbivores. And I'm a vegetarian, so it fits. But you out here eating all this meat, so. Listen, everyone need a little protein. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) This is not that podcast. This comes out at 12, 12 p.m. This is not Twitter After Dark. This has we been will. that podcast. I mean, is this how I find the love of my life? Because I was told that this is the year I meet someone. Versus? I ain't watch it, but I watched all of the clips. 
I watched, I watched, the, the, I watched the tweets about it. <laughs> Wait, I gotta ask, who was your, who were you, who was your BTA member? J-Bug. So, if it's... You didn't do B2K? I did not. This is so sad for all y'all. <laughs> for y'all. Don't, not shade, don't shade me. I... <laughs> I was a raspy. raspy. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> okay, I, knew I have it. a theory. I have a theory that everybody who loved raspy <laughs> is like queer now. <laughs> Honestly, maybe some. Have might we be seen any evidence that. to the contrary? No. Right now, we're going one for one. <laughs> no but yeah I feel like that was the verses that didn't need to happen I don't it was too much unresolved trauma that they really needed to handle before they mm-hmm. decided this was something they should do because now they all embarrassed on the internet very embarrassing for them I just thought it was funny that Mario came and showed out like that because I did not know Mario was that petty first of all Omarion has spent years pretending he's the better person so I believe that Mario came up there with a mission. He was like, I know exactly how to get him off of his game. I knew it. And he did. It worked. It worked. The entire industry has been saying that Omarion is a bad person and it needed to come out. It needed to Mm -hmm. come out. And I'm glad it did. Because it's one of those things where it can't be everybody. When like everybody has a story about you. It can't be. Everybody can't be lying. But like Omarion was really out here thriving. I think it was because like Janae Aiko likes him. You know what? It reminded me of that like TikTok, that not TikTok, a Vine audio, which is just like, I'm beautiful. You're not. You're just like a rat jumping around looking for a food. That's the energy it gave me. Yeah. Just basking in the moment. I just can't believe Mario told Armarion he needs to turn his sound off. Like I'm hollering. (laughs) That moment when they were singing and Mario was like, Y'all sound crazy. Y'all sound crazy. Oh my god! Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. So embarrassing. He made everybody look so bad. Immediately dropped out of life when he just like walked up and started singing. Some. I'm dropping out of life. How do you embarrass everybody on stage? He out sang everybody. He was like a piranha, just circling people. As soon as he realized verses was a thing, he was like, "This is my opportunity." Okay, this is my, this is mine. Not even, I didn't even realize I knew that many Mario songs. I was like, am I a Mario fan? <laughs> am I obsessed with Mario? Oh my God, I'm a Mario fan. Like, I started thinking about it. I was like, I do love Mario. <laughs> Would bring his fear anytime of the week. I will. <laughs> that was all. I just needed to cackle. Listen, we all need a moment, some levity, okay? Sometimes you just need to, you need oh. to enjoy, live in the mess, live for it, thrive in it. Stranger Things, the season finale, thoughts? That hard-ass transition because nobody hears <laughs> Speaking of well, Speaking endings, of endings. <laughs> like Amarion's career. I think that it was trifling to them to make us wait a whole month for episode seven because that was a filler episode and that was bullshit. And we got but a fifth season we got to wait for. I was fine with the way I mean, y'all got to wait for. there was something exciting happening, but they episode seven was literally an hour and a half of buildup and that don't work for me. Like nothing happened. I, I cannot remember anything about the episode, but episode eight, Chef's Kiss. Love that. <laughs> Love, Love that. that. 
All right, because y'all are the ones who check it for it. Give me reactions, thoughts. First word that comes to mind, episode eight. I was shocked that they actually committed with Matt. She's okay. not. All right, Tora, did you watch it? Yeah, I think that Max isn't dead. And I have this theory that Vecna's going to come back using her body. That's what I thought when Elle tried to go in and talk to her and there was nothing there. But then I was like, but Will is right there. And Will started this shit. And Will it's the last Will knows and then, much. But at the end, he was touching his neck like right here which is the same place that they had put that power dampener in whatever his name is, Vecna. They had put that power dampener in him too, in the flashbacks. So I always wonder how connected is Will? Cause we never really get a chance to really explore his connection again mm-hmm. after season one and season two, it's just over. We've moved on. I think Will is going to be how they're able to see through Vecna again. But I think Max is going to be how... Vecna comes back because if you think about the lyrics to Max's song, it was basically foreshadowing that she's literally going to switch places with like. Mm-hmm. Okay, question. Because Spotify did that thing where they put the little upside down playlist and it's based on your listens. Do y'all know what would be your song against Vecna? Did y'all check? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, who do you think yours would? What do you think your song would be? It's a great question. Bossy by Khalees. I feel it. I feel it. Okay. <laughs> I feel what it. What about you, April? What's your song? Mm, I don't know. Y'all gonna have to come back to me. Rewind. Okay. Meha, who's your song? I feel like it would be Chennamaria by Arjit Singh. I love that okay. song. A classic. That's my um, belter. Yeah. Oh, no. no. Okay. I want to call my lover by Janet Jackson. Ooh. Ooh. I fuck with yes. Okay. Mine it's a toss-up because I don't know which one is really the one. It's either Circles, Megan the Stallion, or I know what it is. That song every time it gets me. Or I just call it to say I love you, Stephen Wonder. Oh, gotta be one or the other. Stevie's my man. I think the more I think about it, and the title is too spot on, but find your way back by Beyonce, because I listen to that shit every morning. Religiously. Yep. <laughs> I'm this shit every morning. It's my wake up song. song. It's my wake up song. That's on a playlist. I have I have that. I have songs by Tim's. I have this is up there. Ugh. Tim's is really that girl. Truly. She, have you seen the memes where the Nala Tim's memes? Yes. Yeah, Thames changed to her ab- Abby Danala. Like she is unserious. I cannot. <laughs> but the question is: Is she your bad bitch of the week, or is it someone else? I don't think she gets my bad bitch of the week. You know what? Her reaction. She might be because did you see her reaction to getting the BET award? That shit was hilarious. <laughs> She, it was giving insecure it was giving awkward black girl and I live for an awkward black girl moment so yes I'm gonna give it to Tams she was like fair okay April because <laughs> you said that's not your uh, bad bitch of the week who is your bad bitch of the week I think my bad bitch of the week is going to be Miss Viola Davis actually because that Woman King trailer dropped and I am oh, very much so invested I've been waiting for it I've been super excited for it but I just feel like this is gonna be like I know it's Oscar bait but it's Oscar bait that I'm excited for so 
I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for her. She can't do anything wrong in my eyes. Honestly, you know what? For me, it's a toss up. We still need to see the woman queen. Hopefully we see it at Martha's Vineyard this year. Fingers crossed for that. But is it wrong that I want Michelle Yeoh to get her Oscar? That woman. Obviously, that's not wrong. I just want her to get one. I'm hoping Everything Everywhere All at Once gets her that Oscar because she was impeccable. I've watched that movie so many times. I love how she deserves. It hits me every time. And we're actually going to get her again later this year as well, because she's going to be in the Witcher spinoff series. I don't remember the character's name, but she's in that as well. So we, we're here she for Michelle Minions? Yeah. She is what? in Minions as well. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. We should have talked about that Minions mess. Baby, that oh. you know what that is? That's a different time. Those I white men showing hilarious. up to the theater in suits with bananas. They are boys. They're, they're teenagers. And they're showing up in suits, and it's adorable. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah. It so I can't cute. even lie. If yeah, I don't it's... see minions, I'm probably gonna show up in a suit. <laughs> okay, Mia, who is your bad bitch of the week? My bad bitch of the week is Nicole Kidman, who I've been missing because I had to miss all my theater, my cinema bookings this week. So I did not get to partake in my favorite ritual, which is reciting her AMC introduction along with her. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> it is the highlight of every movie I go to. And I've been feeling her absence this week. So Nicole, forever in my heart. <laughs> For me, it's got to be Mewish Hayat, who played Aisha in Miss Marvel. When I tell you, that woman is, oh, she is so fucking pretty. And when she killed that white man, when she killed that white man, I was like, do it again. Do it again. It was so fucking good. Also, I don't know who did costumes for the for this episode or who was on costumes in general. The fact that every time she's on screen, she has a flower and a paranda in her hair. Like that's Punjabi culture. Like it is literally this like hair ornament. Classic. That attention to detail. I love it. So she Mavish gets my bad bitch of the week this time around. It's Arjun Basin. He's the costume designer. Really? Let me. Arjun Basin. Mm, okay. I know he you know was here for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Or not Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, but the one that was like about him, the documentary or the whatever, the biopic. Yeah. But he is also, I think, pretty prominent in Bollywood. That name sounds familiar. I'm just looking him up on IMD. Oh, that's a dapper man. <laughs> Rangi Basanti. He did. Yeah, Rangi Basanti. And Dilchata. So those are some oh, big Oh, that's Bollywood a classic. Too. Okay. Yeah. He also did Zindagi Namilagi Duwara. Oh. Oh. And Monsoon Wedding. And oh, this man's been working. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a stalwart here. Okay. He also did Loving Jezebel. Okay. We love a man with tenure. <laughs> Round of applause. Professor Track. <laughs> yes, Professor Track. <laughs> Yeah, Meshwa and and Arjun both got my bad bitch of the week. Shared spot this time around. She's planning wedding bells already. She's planning the wedding. I'm okay. I'm not planning a wedding because there is. I don't, I don't know if I want to talk. There is a certain someone that I'm talking to. <gasps> what? I'm, you know what? No, 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 no. I like them. I, 
You haven't talked to me about them. It's very new. And I'm talking <laughs> to like yesterday, very new. Okay. But we're going to continue this conversation off the podcast because <laughs> I don't need y'all to know my business like that audience. But you know what? <laughs> We'll get back to y'all later if something becomes of it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. And we'll catch y'all next time. Bye. 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 This has been an Off Color production. Make sure you follow us everywhere at Off Color Org. That's color with a U. Check out our Patreon for exclusive content and leave us a review while you're here. Until next time, we're off. 